Well, good morning. It's always nice to be welcomed back to a place once I've been. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Thanks for coming to hear me. And um, Father, just come and fill us again with your Holy Spirit and power. Father, will you open our ears? Give me courage, Lord. Um, give me wisdom in what I say. And um, Father, thank you for sending me here to this excellent church who you've got great things in store for. And we just ask for a, a real touching of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You up for anything God's got? I've been asked to speak on adventure. I wonder why. But part of your vision statement says that you are a church on an adventure. And you know, with the vision statement... The, uh, the elders would have prayed through um, what the church is going to be doing. So when the vision statement says adventure, it means that God is on an adventure with you and taking you on an adventure. And normally I get invited to places where God is speaking a well done. Now do you want some more? You up for that? It's a well done. Do you want some more? And um, God has been really putting on my mind over the past weeks the Great Commission from Mark, which we, you know, we hear the Great Commission so often, and it gets so bland after a while, you know, because we just hear it. But in Mark, um, Mark 16, 14, from 14, it's like God got my attention, and I can't get away from it. I read it just about every day, because something has struck me. So I'm going to read from, from 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for the unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And the thing that has struck me wasn't particularly the commission in the middle. It was, and Jesus appeared to his 11 disciples, or, and he said, um, and they said to him, we don't even believe now, you know, I wouldn't give a commission to a people who have said to me, I don't believe that it's, I'm full of unbelief. Would you? You can respond to me. I'm one of those. You can talk. But it struck me, Jesus gave the commission to people who didn't have it all together, to 11 men who didn't have it all together. They were thinking, did I? Oh, did he? Is, it, is this really him? And so on. And didn't believe. But you know, he gave it. 
because he was so sure that the Holy Spirit that was um, with him was going to be sent to come and be with us so that we will do the job. Don't you find that quite comforting? It's not, do we have our ducks in a row? Have we got it all together? It doesn't matter, really, if, it, if we're battling with a, few th- with a few things or we're wondering, uh, can I believe all this? Can I trust? God still gives the commission. Does it make you feel better? Just in the middle. It, I read it over and over because I wouldn't have done that. You, wait, you look for secure people, and you hand it over to secure people. But he had to rebuke them, because they, he, they saw him, and they still weren't trusting. And then he gives this commission. And then he leaves them. And he ascends into heaven, and he sits down. It's like, my job is done. My job is done. Because I've got my people who I'm going to fill with Holy Spirit power, and they will do the work that has been prepared for them. I find that so exciting. Because, you know, we look at ourselves and we think, but I'm lacking this. Well, if you're like me, our heads speak to us, you know. And it's, you're lacking this, and I'm lacking that. And what about this, and what about that? And God says, no, I know who you are, but I've put my spirit in you. And it's my spirit in you that will do the work. All we need is the courage. And I read a tweet recently. It said, courage isn't an emotion. It's a decision. That's quite powerful, hey? Because we're waiting for the warm fuzzies and something to rise. And if I, oh, if I feel all good, then I know I'm filled with the spirit and I can go and do but it's not, it's not waiting for the warm fuzzies. It's stepping out with a beating heart. And as we step out, God comes and meets us right there. But faith is believing what we do not see. So if we only step out with the warm fuzzies, then where's faith? But it's trusting. It's trusting that we have him in us, fully in us, and he will do the job that he's assigned for us to do. You up with that? So who has been commissioned here? Was that the royal we or was that a... I'm serious. Who has been commissioned here? All of you. That means Shrewsbury is going to have revival. Not so? Look Look at the amount. I think you can turn the world upside down because 11 men did. (laughs) and so with an amount of people like this things can certainly happen but you know it comes from security in who we are so I speak at quite a number of prophetic conferences for my sphere that I'm in and um, various of us speak but the one the title that I always take is when you know who you are in God you can do anything so it starts with knowing who we are. And in um, John 15, 1 to 17, he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and my word remains in you, you will produce much fruit. Not maybe. 
but you will. So all we need to do, and it sounds so simple, all we need to do is to remain in him and love him to bits and sit with him and let him come and fill us and talk to him. He says, I no longer call you servants, but friends, because a servant doesn't know what the master is going to do, but the friend does. And, um, and so we sit with him and we be filled with the spirit. And then you know what? Out of our bellies, rivers of living water will flow. We make it so difficult and such a hard job. I must go and. Are you, you know what I'm talking about. You know the Bible says I must go and witness. Or I now have to go and invite people to Alpha. Ooh, that is so scary. Do you see? And it becomes a work. But it's a matter of sitting with God and saying, I'm quite nervous, and I would like to invite my neighbors to Alpha, but I'm scared. But Father, fill me with your spirit and give an opportunity. And then we go with our cards in our pocket, and we wait. And you know, he will open the door and we step through. It's as difficult and as easy as that, but it's knowing who we are in God. We are, if you are a follower of Jesus... He's got his hand on you. He's prepared good works in advance for you to do that he's fully gifted you for. And you can't do my job, and I can never in a million years do your job. Not one of you. I can't do your job. Because each one, there's something prepared for every single one of us. There's no special people. And there's no upfront people. We all are upfront before God. And we all have a job to do. And sometimes we look at the big jobs. Oh, they've got that and who am I? But you know, if before time he prepared for you to go and have coffee with your neighbors, then that's your job. And it's as big as the person who is preaching to a thousand people the gospel. Do you see? But we, we put it on a scale of one to ten. Who's got the good jobs and who, who's, who am I? But we've got to do what God prepared for each one of us to do. Because every single person is important. And we're already seated in heavenly places with him. Already. Absolutely already. And it takes a while to settle in. We're filled with the spirit. We can just lean back in him. I just think he's marvelous. You think he's marvelous? I just love him to bits. I think he's great. When we sang that, that song, what a beautiful name, the name of Jesus, I think, oh, it's like I've died and gone to heaven because that name means so much to me. The power, and it's not a magic word. It's, it's Jesus. The power in his name makes everything quake around us and we sometimes don't realize and we, the, the song says, the heavens are roaring. Whoa, and that stirs me. Because the angels are roaring in praise of God. And they're watching as we roar in praise of God. And then they join our worship, our roars to Jesus. I think that is magnificent. What a privileged people we are. So, so very privileged his hand on us. The God who created the universe's hand is on us. He is here in his fullness among us. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And um, signs will follow. 
He just said it. It's part of one story and signs will follow. And for me, what I would love to see, the church, I get around lots all over the place, and I'd love to see the church just being naturally supernatural, just coming so naturally that we don't even need to talk about it because it's just happening. Instead of, am I gifted? And is, it a, is the occasion right? And can I? Because I think when he said the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God, and the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And to me, the biggest prayer we can pray is, Father, I want to love you. Just love you. But Lord, I also want to love my neighbor. Because you know, if we loved our neighbors, we would be pumping with the gospel. We would be laying hands on the sick, not will they be healed and what if they're not, and what's the explanation, and what if I'm not gifted, and what if I, and what if I, and what if I. It is, I'm just going to give it a go, because they are in trouble. I'm going to lay hands on them, or pray with them, or be brave with them, simply because I love them. Father, I want to ask that you put such love in this church for people that it doesn't matter if we get egg on our faces because we don't get it right. We all make mistakes. But Lord, I just want to love them so that they feel the love of God, even if things don't happen like I thought they would. I want to ask for that in Jesus' name. You up for that? Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. Then we would be out in force, bringing good to people simply because this love and compassion that drove Jesus. He was filled with love and compassion and stepped out and did stuff. And the more we do it, the more our faith rises, the braver we get, the more we see. And the more we see, the more our faith rises, and the more we step out. Do you see? It's, it's, it goes on and on, but it takes that first step. God is not a man that he would lie. He puts it in the Bible, and he says, this is yours. If you remain in me, you will produce fruit. I've heard somebody preach, our apostolic leader, Mike Betts. I heard him speak on this. And I thought, oh, that's quite a bit risky to say that. And then I had to get my head around it. Because he said, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you will produce fruit. You will. That means it's not, did I produce fruit? What's going on? God will let us produce fruit as we remain in him. And it takes the heavy off. Yeah? We will produce. Love him to bits and you will produce fruit. Tim Keller, he prayed a prayer. And it's quite an uncomfortable prayer. But I'm going to read it anyway. Lord, I praise you that you are sovereign over all. How threatening this is. I have no control over my life. That's scary, eh? We like a bit of control, don't we? Yet how comforting this is. I cannot keep my life together, but must rest in you. Clear my vision to see this truth and to receive its challenge and comfort every day. Does it make sense? 
He's actually in control of our lives and we're trying so hard to keep everything together. And he's asking, just relax, rest in him and see what, what he will do. Now, being in this nation for a while, I look to see what is happening. I read all the news and, and I read tweets and blogs and newspapers because I want to know the big picture and the role of the church. And um, for me, we've been here almost 12 years. And for me now, I feel I'm here for such a time as this. I am so excited to be in your nation. Oh, it's my nation too. Me dad was British, you know. <laughs> my dad came from Lincolnshire and then went to South Africa. Um, but it is so exciting to be here because everything's shaking around us. And when things shake, God shakes the nations. But you know what happens with the church? We rise and we roar. Because we are the hope of the nation. We put things back in place. We bring comfort. Can I have a few nods or something? Do you agree? You can say no. I don't mind debate. But, but, but really, I want to bring this to you that the church is marvelous. That's the adventure we look to see what God is doing, and then it's not, please, will you pray that I know my place, what my gifting is, and my role in, you know, for me. It is, let's see what God is doing and how we fit into his picture. Do you see the difference? And you just see what he's doing, and I think, oh, look at this. I, I can run with this in this nation, because I watch the church begin to rise. And I watch the world become hungrier and hungrier. Do you know that there's more people being saved at the moment than what I've seen in the past? Did you, do you realize that? More people are being healed and delivered. More people are coming to knock on doors to say, you go to church, explain to me what's happening. Why aren't you panicking because of the state of the nation and nothing seems secure? And so the opportunity for Alphas and to, for the church to be in your workplace and to be able to just be open, not preach the gospel in your workplace and beat people over the head, but be ready at any time to actually speak about him or to, can I, you, you hear somebody, you know, everybody's coughing now. Uh, if it's bad, can I, you know, can I pray with you? And the person says, okay. And then you say, can I pray now? And if they say no, well, that's fine. But it's that kind of stepping out. But I wanted to read to you. I don't know if you've heard of Pete Gregg. He has started the 24-7 prayer. And he wrote a newsletter. And I just love it. He says, dear church, the Lord is doing a new thing among us. There's a new urgency in our hearts. You feel it? A new spring in our steps. Ooh, yes. St. Augustine said that God rubs salt on our lips to provoke a keener thirst for his presence. Anybody with salty lips here? But you see, isn't God is so kind. He does this. He, he makes, he's the one who comes and stirs in us things and makes us very salty. 
salty lips, and then we just got to have water, and he provides. He is the water that we drink. And as I travel around the UK, praying and talking with a lot of leaders, I see more and more salty lips. And I feel God has sent me here today because you have salty lips. And I really mean that. You've got salty lips. And when God makes um, a community like this, his lips salty, it's not to play games. It's because he's got jobs for you. He's got something for you to do. I'm excited for you from yesterday meeting with a worship um, group, I just think, oh, God's got things for you that you are going to be pioneering here that we haven't seen before. Now, there's a challenge and something to pray to. But I really believe that. The Spirit seems to be bringing us to our knees and calling us to cooperate in new ways for the kingdom beyond our own little empires. And all over this nation... Prayer meetings are popping up. There's prayer like it's never been before and a hunger for prayer because God is doing something. He's using the, praise of, the, the prayers of his church to stir things. And you know, when we pray, it, it's not, well, we've got 5,000 people praying him, he will do something, uh, or like manipulating him. He changes us and he makes us hungry and he makes us call to him even more. So as we pray, something in us connects with him and something changes. So often we pray and our circumstances don't change and yet we feel different and we've changed. So that's Pete Gregg. Terry Virgo, who uh, started our family of churches, he's been talking about revival recently. You're up for revival? Yeah? Now, Terry hasn't spoken about revival for a long time. He prays into it, but he doesn't preach into it and all because he doesn't want to stir something. And, and people get, oh, this is a revival meeting and that's a revival meeting, whereas revival is a very different thing. God gets hold of the church and he undoes us and cleans us up and sorts us out. And as we come to him... Um, the, the world becomes hungry because they see the church in all its roaring beauty. But Terry has been starting to talk about revival. And I hear this, that he's talking, I think, ooh, Terry's a prayer. If he's talking about revival, something's coming, church. You up for that? And Terry says... The government cannot legislate for righteousness. It will only reflect the, the national morality. Only a spiritual awakening of real magnitude can arrest the drift and provide the upcoming generation with a true challenge of the gospel. So it's not about governments. God bless them. We must pray for governments. But we can't look for to governments and this happening and that happening. It is praying, come on, Lord, revive us. Come and revive us. Do something in us so that we're the carriers of hope into society. You're up for that. Now, to me, that's adventure. I come from a nation where I was part of this, bringing a change. So it's like 
music to my ears, and God has put me in this nation, and I see the same things and the same cry coming out. And the adventure, you go through much suffering, but it's worth it, because nothing good is obtained without a bit of cut and thrust. And so that we've got an enemy in the devil, and he rises up to try and squash and, and bring disunity and so on. But, um, but uh, we always win. Just a last thing. All these papers. This is J. John, the evangelist. And he's talking about revival too. Um, How the UK church can prepare for real revival. He's made notes here. And I just think, what's going on? There's something going on. The adventure that God has has put you on, you're going to be running into something that is going to bring glory to this nation because this nation needs a bit of glory, doesn't it? Yeah? And you're going to be part of that. And um, J. John says, finally, how can we prepare for revival? By prayer, let's confidently pray and, and da- that da- daily to God that he will bring revival. But let's not just pray for revival in our own fellowships, but in other churches. I loved what you did this morning in your prayer. You've got a big picture praying here. Then he says, Purity. It's a sad truth that while we can't cause revival to happen, we can certainly cause it to stop. So in preparation, we need to get rid of anything that blocks revival. That's the walls coming down. That was the word brought. Um, Including prayerlessness. Including prayerlessness. And pride. And such wrong priorities as being preoccupied with church buildings and denominations and structures and not enough on Jesus. That's heavy words, eh? But even just the prayerlessness, it certainly kind of hits one in the belly. And then persistence. Sadly, history is full of churches and individuals who, having decided that revival is vital, then go to sleep waiting for God to act. While we wait and pray expectantly, let's get on with the day to day. So we pray for revival and we bring revival around us so that we're all doing our bit and it gets caught up into something big for the nation. You up for that? So I was introduced as prophetic preaching because I'd come this morning, I said, I asked for wisdom in praying because I thought I've got all bits here. I'd prepared something and God just says, no, it's the new thing. Well, the thing he's doing with me. I work hard and he says, no, not that. It's this. And I think, but I haven't practiced it. How do I put it together? Um, But I really feel God is calling you to be part, to start praying about revival, to pray salty lips, to pray... Get the, if you're not up for prayer meetings, please come and pray. Pray in your homes. Get people together. And I know it's a bit late now. Can I still make a call? Yeah? I want to ask. You know, when we say, come to the front, it's not, there's nothing mysterious and special and so on. 
But I want to ask, it's, I just feel something from God that he wants to come and stir a, a, a courage, a passion, a something in you for this next step of, of the journey of it, on adventure. And because you're having the Alpha coming up, I mean, whoa, what an opportunity to invite people. But it's even wider than that. It's in the work. It's Christmas is coming. It's how we speak to people. It is signs following. I want signs to follow everything I do. Do you? Are you up for that? Shall we take God at his word? If we remain in him, we will produce fruit. And if we, as we go preaching, signs will follow. If you're up for that, I want you to come forward. Please. That was very South African. I want you to come forward. Please. Please. And it's risky. It's very risky. Because it's a massive challenge. And God takes us at our word. He sees us here. But you know what? We're not a bunch of wimps. The heavens roar and the angels applaud as they see the church coming. Um, Terry, I wonder if you will come and pray. Holy Spirit, will you come and fill each person? You've seen people. And by the way, if you're seated there and you're not one who comes to the front, God actually doesn't just dwell in the front. He hovers all over. And so you miss out on nothing. This is, this is prophetic. This is just to get us a bit moving. But you can reach in and say, as we're praying, yes, that's me, from your seat. He, he never leaves anyone out. The magic is not in the coming forward, or these are the better people. It's just a prophetic action that we do, yeah? Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing. Father, we want to love you. But we also want to love our neighbor. We want to love our neighbor. We want to stop our cynicism and our criticism and our looking for what is negative in people. But we want to see the diamonds in people and not, not, the, not the coal and then help people with the coal. But we want to see diamonds, Lord. Will you come and fill us to overflowing? Give us such salty lips that we can't keep away from you. And we can't stop talking about you because we are so filled with you and so salty with your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Father, will you come and, and uh, through Terry, commission these people for a new day? Whoa. The last time I spoke, I said, that, I said the wells are open. The wells are open. And the flow of the Spirit is happening. And something is going to happen in Shrewsbury. And you will be part of the answer. There's a pioneering thing happening in this town. And you're going to be part of the answer of doing something that hasn't been seen somewhere else. In Jesus' name. So right, so right now, I just want...